What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, there's many times where our kids do things that we get to look back on and laugh. And today's conversation is about things that we are doing with our kids, uh, ways that we're able to reduce our monthly expenses. But lately, you've had uh, an experience with one of your daughters and money. <laughs> you want to share it? Well, let, let's just say my daughter Adler, she's six. She has taken profit first to a whole new level. Now, what is profit first again? Profit first is where you are literally paying from your business a profit to yourself before you get to all your expenses and everything so that you ensure that you get paid that. You, you get creative about how you spend your expenses after the fact because you, you've accounted for a profit. So instead of income minus expenses equals profit, it's income minus profit equals expenses. Exactly. Okay, so... It forces you to be more efficient. Okay, so Adler got paid and she paid herself first? She paid herself first by swallowing a dime. Ooh, she really is a saver. Literally. Like <laughs> she, she was like, okay, I got four other sisters. I got this dime. Uh, I needed to go somewhere safe. I got an idea. <laughs> she swallowed it. And of course, we're just... We're just in anticipation at this point. Well, here's the funny like, part when, about when this. will when will it come home? When will it come out? I just remember when you telling me this last <laughs> week, and you're like, "I'm just going to tell Annie to go out there and make her put, stick her finger down her throat and throw it up." I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we decided to allow it to go a different route, and um, yeah, so it we're just in anticipation. Do you, you know when when will she? get her deposit back, you know, or her, her withdrawal from her deposit. And, is uh, this thing going to multiply? You know, <laughs> like, is this one of those things? This is like the, uh, the parable of the talents. Did, did she <laughs> take that gold and multiply it? Yeah. Or? yeah I, I don't think there's going to be two dimes that come out as <laughs> that a result you know of. that I know of. Uh, but anyways, all that being said, it's, it's why'd you throw in the butt about it? I think we all understood that part. <laughs> Life is always exciting with our daughters and our kids. And I think today's episode talks a lot more about how we can save on taxes, involve our kids in a way that helps them understand personal finance, helps them understand the cost of things, like the true cost of things. Because until it's their own money, what do they really care how much you paid for their golf lessons, for their swim meets, for their uh, going on trips for their different uh, events and things like this. When it comes out of their pocket, it's a different story. Yeah, I hope that you'll take away many things from this episode. But a lot of times we've heard from you that says, hey, how can I teach my own kids about personal finance? And I think there's a lot of practical application in today's podcast that not only will help you keep more of what you make, which is always a good thing, but also maybe a way that you can utilize this with your kids 
in helping them understand personal finance and then use that as a way to help grow their system as you are on your way to financial freedom. Without further ado, let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we help you get one step closer to your destination, which is financial freedom. I am one of your hosts, Russ the Idea Morgan. I'm sitting around the roundtable with the best coaches in the nation. To my right, my partner, the Italian stallion, Mr. Joey Murray. How are you, Joey? Hey, hey. Happy to be here. Today we're talking taxes. All the taxes. Taxes? I want yes. to pay less in taxes. Yes. L let's get rid of them taxes. Hey, by the way, Joey and I went shoulder to shoulder to our accountant's office the other day to, to figure out how much we owed for the year. And it was a bet <laughs> to see who had to pay more. And I lost that bet. Yes, you did. But I will say this. Because of some of the things like we're going to talk about today, it was dramatically lower than we anticipated. Like under 10%. That's saying something. And I mean, I know if, if you pay less than 10% and you, you walk in someone out with their, their bags from Publix, you expect to pay less than 10%. <laughs> I was thrilled that we paid less than 10%. So today's hopefully topic will uncover some of those ways. But before we do that, let's get across the table. Let's talk to Mr. Incredible, the man with the million dollar smile, JD Hill. How are you today, JD? I would have been giddy as a kitty if my tax bill was that low. <laughs> like, you want to talk about a giddy kitty? That would have been me. I would have been so fired up. Like a hello, giddy kitty? <laughs> like an absolute hello, giddy kitty. That, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Your shirt kind of resembles that hello kitty today. I like it. I, I like the pink and the blue stripes. Looking good, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let, let's go uh, on the other side, the financial mind, the man who loves to ask questions downtown, Ernie Brown. How are you today, Ernie? I am so good. Wow. <laughs> I, I got off the coffee early. I'm hydrating. And I'm, I'm so good in here. You feel so far away from me. I know this is uh, maybe I'm thrown off because this table got a lot longer. <laughs> it did. It did <laughs> get a little bit longer, didn't it? Well, we'll come back to you. I, I know I, I want to pick your brain on today's topic, but let's get to uh, our resident pilot, the Gooch, Mark Haraguchi. How are you today, Mark? Doing good, guys. This is one of those fun topics because there's so many creative ways to attack this problem. I mean, if you just take a look at the 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 tax book, right? It's what three thousand some odd pages. And the first hundred or so is all the taxes you have to pay. And then the rest is all the ways that you can look for deductions. Exactly. The ways that you can have exceptions to the rule. And I love exceptions to the rule. Now we're talking taxes, Joey. Are you a CPA? Not that I know of. Are you a tax attorney? 
No. Are you an accountant? Not today. <laughs> so should you be given tax advice? No, you should never take advice from me. In any shape or form. <laughs> At least that's what my wife says. Let's all put up our right hand. <laughs> I pledge that I will not give tax advice today, that any advice that I give is purely just my own experience that came from someone that was qualified to give it. You're okay. here. All right. Amen. All right. So yeah. help me God. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Play ball. Um, so let's let's talk about this because I obviously we are talking financial freedom. Yes. The formula to financial freedom is passive income must be greater than monthly expenses. All right. Now, if there was one way that you could reduce your monthly expenses, what would that be, Ernie? Uh, no more pedicures. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen Ernie's feet? Ernie has really nice feet, by the way. He gets so many pedicures, his feet are perfect. Man, I, I just wonder how they get past the hair at the end. It's like Robin Williams' knuckles down there. Yeah, right. I got hair on my toes like Robin Williams' knuckles. That is, that is rough. All right, uh, Mark, how about you? If you're going to cut expenses, where would you start? Uh, dog grooming. <laughs> dog grooming. You got the shagging wagon over there. Um, oh man, this guy is, I mean, he, he drops fur and he should be bald by now. So when I take him in and they have to buzz his nails and give him a, a, a wash, that's, it, it's not getting any cheaper. Let me put it that way. Oh man. I, I was in there. I, I wasn't given cuts, you know, uh, but I was definitely helping Ryan, my eight year old, give uh, our French pointer a bath the other day. So three of us in that shower, it was it was something to be seen. It, my wife should have gotten some footage of that. That probably would make more money than most things we put out. JD, how would you cut expenses? This one is so easy for me. Um, my wife, yeah, she's not around. Uh, Look at Amazon, him looking over his shoulder. Yes, Amazon Prime, <laughs> let's be clear. If I could stop Amazon from shipping boxes to me, oh, the amount of money that we'd say would be in the thousands. There is a cure Tens. for that. Is there? What is it? <laughs> you shut the internet off. Oh, that's true. Then I wouldn't you be on this podcast. for the internet uh, and, why, and, and, and cell phone data, then you can't get access to Amazon. That's true. But then I wouldn't be on the podcast. You guys wouldn't be able to, to sit across from me. In Alabama That's and true. Texas. That's true. You'd have to find. Um, we'll keep Amazon. Okay. <laughs> a shared workspace to allow for that to happen. How about That's you, right. Joseph? I'm not sure I really could reduce many things. I mean, I, I already go to Great Clips. And that, that, that was my attempt to save a little bit of money. <laughs> and for those of you who are not watching this live, I am <laughs> saluting. Uh, <laughs> I'm saluting our commander in chief over here. <laughs> Major, it's like they did a great job with those clips. Well, <laughs> oh my I, goodness, I went a little high and tight uh, for the trip, man. I, I don't want to be bogged down having to find another great clips in the West. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, go to my neighborhood great clips. It, it, it seems like maybe you guys didn't have room in the bag for a comb, so you decided <laughs> that you had, had to avoid all need for something like that. You probably have that RV just packed out for your 25-day trip. You're getting ready to go. Yeah. You don't have any more room for combs, brushes, lice. Like, you're, no. you're, you're lice repellent with this level of hair. Well, it's going to be hot out there. Let's be clear, okay? <laughs> Arizona, Nevada, California this time of year, no joke. Hey, here's the thing. The RV goes down. You have to rent a scooter somewhere. 
you're going to be wind resistant. Like you're going to be able to just cut through the wind with that thing. That is just going to pass you by. Thank you. Great clips. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you that my thing would be is I would continue to cut the thing that I hate paying for the most and that's taxes. So Mm. let's talk about taxes. Let's talk about ways that we can get rid of taxes. All right. So are there any ways that your clients are helping reduce their taxes legally? Okay. What is the difference, by the way, just so everyone listening, Stallion, what is the difference between avoiding taxes and evading taxes? Avoiding and evading. Hmm. Avoiding is using the tax code to your benefit. Evading is literally like just not paying something that you know you're supposed to. Okay, look, it's 15 years. That's, that's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's 15 years hard time. It's 15 years really close to where you wanted to park the RV, <laughs> that dude's house. That is so sketchy that I will not allow you Dude, to pull that off. Okay, all right. That's a different, that's a different podcast. It is totally a different podcast. That's an inside joke. We can't do this. All right, so Ernie, tell me about one way that you have clients that are creatively avoiding properly using tax um codes into their strategies into their favor yeah i got some people who operate some offices uh optometrists dentist folks who um will ask you russ what what road do you take down to your favorite university from from birmingham highway 280 280 so tax code 280 uh is this idea of the augusta rule i wore my my shirt for it today okay. i guess the rule is the ability for um your business to rent from you your primary dwelling residence up to 14 times a year uh for events that your office may have and uh, that income paid to you from the business up to 14 days a year is not reported on individual income tax returns. So you have clients that are renting their personal homes out to their businesses how like what sort of things do they do at their house that qualifies for stuff like that i mean they, so for them their their office meetings they want to they have some planning that that their team wants to get together and do and so that that would be a qualifying event they want to do something outside their ordinary routine and and host an, a, an event for their clients to entertain mm. and so they need a space to do that and they could go and and get an event place anywhere else in town, uh, but they know that they've got their spaces that they'd like to use, and so they pay a, a comparable rate as if they were going to do that anywhere else, and they just do it at their house. I love that one. That's something that the stallion and I have used several times, and um, as we go remote, right? Like we're gonna have the the local Birmingham team come into the house um, twice a month that will allow us to you know, have that meeting instead of having to go rent a space to do it. And what people don't understand about this is that it's not like an Airbnb. So I may only be able to rent my house on Airbnb for four or $500, right? right? A night, but I can rent my house as I have a, actually a commercial appraisal that went and did an evaluation of all the places around and said that I could rent my house for up to $3,800 a day. Because that's what it would cost if I went out and rented one of the conference centers or one of the wedding venues near me. And, and I love that rule that exists. And I love the fact that we get to use the tax code into our favor. Kind of like you were saying, Mark, that's one of those exceptions to having to pay taxes. 
Mark, what's one of the creative ways that you're hearing your clients um, effectively avoid taxes? Actually, I'll, I'll use one that, that I was able to employ last year. Okay. Um, and when I came down to Birmingham, rather than flying and trying to figure out if the flight was going to go, were they going to cancel the flight because, you know, COVID was in its, in its, you know, heyday. And so I just drove. Well, that utilizing my brand new truck to commute myself down to Birmingham was a business related expense. And so for me, in conjunction with my CPA, we said, yeah, sure, you can definitely write that off. So I wrote off the mileage round trip. Nice. I love that. And you got to see beautiful country on the way there. Oh my goodness. I got to see like fantastic parts of the country, see things I want to go back and check out. Just so happened there, you know, conveniently happened to be family along the way. Um, shocking, you know, you normally don't get to stop in if you're in an airplane at, you know, 40,000 feet cruising overhead. So being able to pull and do some pit stops and see some of the country. And it's amazing how many books on tape you can get through. Just saying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and everyone that you purchase for that can be uh, part of the business expense, right? Yep. Education. That's part, part of the education. Yeah. My business um, not only owns my car, but also pays for all my gasoline. Uh, I, I love that part. How about you, JD? What's a, a strategy you see clients utilizing to effectively avoid taxes? Um, besides washing money, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, accelerated depreciation. Um, that is one that I personally have taken advantage of uh, with the vehicle that I purchase, uh, but also folks that do it in the multifamily space where they'll uh, do cost segregation and they will accelerate depreciation uh, on those items from what would ordinarily be um, you know, 27 or 30 years, whatever the time frame is, and they can accelerate it down over the, over a two or three year period um, and get a much larger write off that way. This podcast is amazing, almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas, and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Well, accelerated appreciation. I mean, we've used that, Joey, when we've bought the mining computers, right? <clears throat> yep. We use that. ATMs. The, the, the ATMs that we've purchased. It's definitely one of those areas where you can reduce your expense. And here, here's a key thing I've learned over time is that money that comes from investment, money in your pocket doesn't necessarily equal profit, right? Sometimes we equate profit with what we put in our pocket. But if I can put money in my pocket and I don't have to label it profit, it doesn't have to get taxed, mm. right? So when I get to use things like accelerated depreciation or dwelling unit rental um, or like in your example, Mark, personal business expenses, things that can be write-offs to that income, even though I get to put the money in my pocket, which spends exactly the same way, just as fast as um, my, my household has a, a great, um, great cart on Amazon as well. It, it flies <laughs> through there. That money still spends, but I don't have to label it as profit. Mm, I love it. All right. So Stallion, we, we also have some other ideas as it relates to how someone can reduce taxes? 
That's right. And I'm a little bit behind you on this. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean on your experience. Um, I'm still, I'm slow on getting the account set up and, and getting the money moved properly, but uh, paying our kids, like our older daughters are 16 and 13, 15 and 13, somewhere in that range. And we they forget. Are, <laughs> I know who's who, come on. <laughs> but having them assist us within the business, you've actually heard them on our show, like on our podcast, when we did a series on the rich dad, poor dad for teens, we decided, you know what, they should be compensated. They're helping us to market our show, market our business. And, um, it just so happens that it's actually a, a tax benefit for us to pay. Them. Well, here's what happened. Our tax attorney said, I, I see your kids being really involved in your business and your business is a lot about just sharing, right? I mean, you share your passive income report every single month. People want to know how to get their kids involved in finance. And I see you doing, I see you having conversations on the podcast about it. And then I see you bringing them onto the podcast and sharing. It's like, if you were to bring on a guest, could you pay a guest to be on your show? It's like, yeah, there's some guests that we can't even afford to come on our show. Right. And it's like, well, but is it worthy to pay your daughters for the time that they come onto the show for the things that they contribute to the show? Every time we have conversations with them, even if they're not on the show, we're talking about them. They are actually participating in the marketing businesses that you and I have. Yeah. And, and even further than that, they're able to go through certain trainings. Like I know you took uh, Alexandria through the short-term rental um, process, the short-term rental mastermind. And I'm actually taking my older two daughters through the Land Geek Bootcamp and Investor Toolkit um, this actual week. So those are things that they're able to be a part of our business and we're able to pay them as a result. Even just the other day, um, Annie is asking me questions about different podcasts that she's listening to. She's like, well, tell me about this person. And tell me like, when you said this, what did you mean by that? And she's giving me all these examples of these shows that she's been listening to. Well, that's good feedback for us. Like we're able to get insight into what is, what is, uh, resonating with people and what's not, what questions people have. So these are these are other ways that our, our daughters are involved in the business. And here's one of the things. So practically, how does this apply? So one thing that I would say to this is because my daughter is swimmer, right? And swim is not inexpensive. We probably pay $250 a month for her swim team. Every time she goes to an event, there's event fees. Every time she goes to an event that's out of town, there's hotel fees. <laughs> Every time that she has one of these events, it seems like there's a new swimsuit that has to get bought. Well, all of that stuff is happening anyway. And what our tax attorney said to us is like, look, guys, it, you're spending dollars. Just give me an idea roughly on an annual basis. How much do you spend for swim? And let's just say it's $6,000. Okay, Russ, it costs you. You have to go make $10,000 pay tax on it to have $6,000 left over. That's right. But what if you could pay your daughter $10,000 for the year? And because she receives under $12,000 a year, she doesn't have to pay federal or state income tax on the month. I'm like, I'm listening. Ding, ding. <laughs> he said, what if then she used the $6,000 that she is making 
to pay for her monthly swim team, the events that she joins up for, the hotels that you have to go to, the swimsuits that she buys. And I'm like, I'm loving it. He said, now you got $4,000 left over. I said, I'm listening. I'm thinking, you know, does this, you know, where, where does this end back up in my pocket? And he said, well, but aren't you also buying, don't you own life insurance policies on her? Aren't you doing infinite banking on her? Of course I am. Well, how are you funding those? Well, like I've paid for everything out of my pocket. He goes, what if you could use those $4,000 toward that? And it starts hitting me. I'm slow, right? I went to a government uh, high school. I went to a public university here in, in Alabama. You guys know I'm slow. You're probably listening to me right now on 1.5 speed, speed. It doesn't seem like I'm slow, but I am. But I'm like, okay, I'm picking up what you're laying down here, man. So just thinking of ideas like that, that we could not only get our kids involved in the business, which is what we love. We want to spend more time with our families. Getting them involved in the business, Joey, has been huge. Having conversations about money. But now as we pay them, they have a checking account, the money goes into, and then every time I take money out of that checking account to go buy the things they say they want, they get to see it dissipating. Well, and, but don't, dis, don't discount that. So when you're paying for this trip to the next uh, swim meet and you say, yeah, by the way, it's going to be $600 for us to go to this particular hotel and it's your money, how, how much do they care? They care nothing about that. But when you say, hey, by the way, I'm taking this money out of your account, what's the, re what's the reaction? Ooh, can we stay somewhere else? <laughs> Are there other options? <laughs> is there a youth hostel we can stay in? <laughs> and that, the answer right? is no, I'm not staying in a youth hostel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is, it's, it's real. Those that pay, pay attention. And they and that, are paying we... attention when, when they're paying. <laughs> well, you think about it. Can we camp? <laughs> you know. I'm not a camper. There is no such thing as a happy camper. Jim Gaffigan says a happy camper is the one leaving the campground. <laughs> it should just be campers. It's always used in the negative context right before Joey goes on his 25 trip. <laughs> but here's the thing is that the beauty is I remember as a kid, I'd be sent, my, my dad, give me $20, send me into the grocery store, tell me to get a list of items, right? And say, pick up whatever else you want. Well, I could have spent the other $4 and 50 cents if I wanted to, or I could put it in my pocket because I knew he was not going to ask me for the change because that was the deal we had. That was his way of testing me. Spend all you want to, or have let have money left over, and that's kind of what we're teaching our kids. What did he? What did your dad say when you came out to the car and said, "Hey, Dad, I'm gonna need a few more dollars." <laughs> well, I do have an experience there where my great uncle <laughs> gave me five dollars. I was five. I was five years old. He gave me five dollars for my fifth, uh, fifth uh, birthday, and uh, he said, "Go buy you something for five dollars." And I said, well, "What about the tax?" He reaches in his pocket and grabs, because back in those days, it, people carry change and he, he handed me about $2.86 worth of change, you know, just <laughs> pouring over the top of my little hand. That's awesome. So I have a question about what you're doing. Okay. okay. So your 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 kids are paying for the things that are happening in their lives, but they're also doing work to get paid that money in the first place. So is it, can you pay your kids for anything that they're doing? Well, it has to be reasonable, right? There has to be a, like, for instance, you can't pay somebody $800 a month to shred paper, right? It's not reasonable. It doesn't pass the sniff test as uh, uh, Mark actually will say sometimes, or the smell test. It, it has to actually be legitimate work with a legitimate pay, you know, associated with it. 
But for instance, whenever you talk about people coming on the show, being a part of marketing a company, going online and maybe, um, you know, monitoring your social media, there are services and there are people that are paid for those services. And the range is within reason of what we're paying them. I think you're skipping over that because this is one where someone's listening and said, okay, well, how would I apply this to my life? Because I don't have a podcast. I don't have the ability to do what you're doing with your kids. But if you have a business, right, you should have some level of social media presence. Now, you don't have to have your kids who, I mean, most kids at age 11 start getting cell phones some a little bit later. But if they have a cell phone, they have the ability to monitor your social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, whatever it may be. Well, as you said, Joey, there's services out there that monitor it, not go in there and post in an attempt to get you business, but prevent people from posting spam and junk and disparaging marks on your business. Well, services, even if they don't do anything for the month, they still charge you and they could charge you as much as a thousand dollars a month. So if you have a child that has access to a cell phone, you have a business that might be a, a, a job that you could have. Yes, sir, JD. So th this was a, a question I had, but it was also just asked as well. Is is there an age limit? Is there an um, age limit? Well, and I, I think that this would go back to the point of reasonableness, right? So depending, like I couldn't expect my eight-year-old who doesn't have a cell phone, who probably couldn't spell YouTube. That's not true, Brian. <laughs> You're a great little speller, buddy. I love it. Hey, Ryan, Ryan and I were making some videos for some clients this week. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, so what I would say is just depends on what you're asking the child to do, right? So yes, could Ryan, an eight-year-old, create videos or be in videos? Do we know, like the Gerber baby? How old was the Gerber baby? Did the Gerber baby make money? The Gerber baby was young. Did the Gerber baby <laughs> make a lot of money? The did Gerber they make was more very than a thousand dollars? Of course they did. It was okay? a baby. <laughs> I mean, think about it. So there, there's reasonableness to it, but. I would think outside the box on this, find things that is up for t interpretation. Like you can't like say, well, I'm going to send the kid out to cut the grass and pay him $500. No. I mean, if you can find someone to do that for a lot less than that, the IRS, if they audited you would say, no, this isn't reasonable. Right. So I would go into looking at one, always looking for opportunities to look at the tax code and apply it. And as we said before, we, we agreed right hand up that we are not going to give tax advice. So I don't know exactly what makes it reasonable. I would want to come up with the idea, have a conversation with my tax professionals, find out if this would apply to me. Any other questions out there, Mark? Where, where, where my mind goes is, you know, if, if, if we're going to kind of tie this one off, right, if, if, if we're, we're getting towards the, the tail end here is why is this really important? Why is this something that people should be thinking about? Well, I, I think it goes back to, again, if our ultimate goal is financial freedom, we have to have more passive income than monthly expenses. Well, the monthly expenses don't have to incur unnecessary taxes. That's a simple way to immediately affect that formula down that doesn't necessarily, it's working smarter, not harder, right? Instead of me going and paying off a debt to lower that monthly expense number, if I can just reduce the amount of taxes legally I'm required to pay, that's a huge win towards our ultimate financial freedom goal. And I think that 
that's for me, that's like the why behind this. Today. Well, and I think, you know, I, I've heard this. Unfortunately, there's this scarce mindset that sometimes says, well, the only way to reduce taxes is to make less money. Mm. And and that's not something that appeals to me. That actually can you know contradicts my nature. But remember, money in your pocket and profit are two separate things. So can we show less profit, but still have the money in our pocket. I'm still paying for swim lessons. I'm still paying for the events. I'm still paying for the hotels that we travel out of town to go to. The difference is I got to spend those dollars before the taxes because I got to use it as a write-off for my business to pay my daughter for something that she was learning. She was winning. And I think we all want to help our kids be better off than what we were. And anytime we can get our kids engaged in things like this, I think we're winning. So can I, can I throw this in real quick? No, you can't, no. but I'll let you anyway. Okay. You, you gave the example of paying one of your daughters $10,000 a year. You have $6,000 of expenses that you are going to pay anyway for swim. Yep. And we said, what's left over? It's the four thousand. It's the it's the four thousand that would have gone to taxes on that ten thousand dollars that you earned, and now we're able to put it into a policy on behalf of our children. Is that another way of saying, hey, we just funded a policy with money that we would have been spending anyway? We built up Are a we, pool, we built up a pool of cash, right? That we stored in a life insurance contract. That ultimately, what did my daughter do with her life insurance contract? She bought a car. Or but, bought, she, she bought into short-term rental with it. Yes, yeah, she has a short-term rental, which last month produced over $1,000. I know it's not your $4,000 a month, Eddie, <laughs> but it's still pretty good for a 16-year-old, right? It's enough to not only repay for the car loan that she did take, right, to buy her That's right. Her, her, her first car at 16, but also it replenishes her life insurance contract that she's putting money back in for the furniture she bought for the short-term rental. But I'm saying this is found money, right? How many of us have the goal of wanting our kids to be in a better position than we were? And we learned about this pro concept of infinite banking and putting money away into these life insurance policies designed for cash. And we say, man, I just wish I could get them started when? as soon as possible there's four thousand dollars a year that was found money oh, so good that's exciting to me speaking of found money uh, gabriel just sold the mac mini and just brought us 250 bucks look at i just found it <laughs> do i get to keep it no <laughs> all right final final party shots mark what's your uh takeaway from this today Keep pushing the boundaries. Keep 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 looking for other creative ways to do it, and make sure that you have a team that you can bounce this off of that can give you that that sound advice. I, I have my own personal CPA, and we work through these strategies together. Um, I've used the accelerated depreciation, knowing I had a big tax bill coming up. We were able to creatively use that to mitigate that. So leveraging people who know more than you do is totally fine, and that's actually strongly encouraged. Uh, JD, if if you go to your CPA and you ask them, can you pay pay your um, your sons to do something for the business, and they tell you no, what would you tell them? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say yes, I can, and you're fired. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a phone a friend or something. I'd, I'd let him phone a, another CPA friend. You may have to give him context, right? You may have right. to share insight. None of these things are new, right? But here's the key is our CPA friends uh, are dealing with thousands of pages of exceptions to code. So to expect them to understand any idea that you bring to them, first, allow them to research it, give them context and see then if it fits. Uh, Ernie, any parting thoughts? The thing that comes to mind for me is when I was growing up, I was always paying my dad back for something. <laughs> I feel like all I did from, from five to 18 was pay him back. So I'm glad he didn't know about, about this way to, to keep more money in his pocket because I would have been in bigger, bigger debt to him. But uh, yeah, that's what comes to mind to me. So in, in that twisted way, I'm thankful, but I, I mean, I look forward knowing this now, when, when we do have kids to have them working for me and, and, and take advantage of this knowledge is power. Can't wait for them to be paying me back for stuff. Uh, that's awesome. Well, um, from all of us to you, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. We hope it stirred up a thought, an idea. Remember, we're trying to become financially free. That pathway is when we have more passive income than we have monthly expenses. This is just one idea as a potential way to reduce a monthly expense. Come back every single week as we share a new idea. And also, if you're not already doing this, if you want to find the three-step way to become financially free through passive income, we've created a, a way for you to do that. And you can go to wealthwaltwallstreet.com forward slash passport to get started on the first step. As always, have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.